105.5 and 97.5. We are the Roar, where every day is game game day. We're back here live on the Roar, 11.05 a.m., hour three, kicking off right now, 105.5, The RFM.com has been down at times this morning. Uh, we're working on that. I don't, I don't know if it's back up yet, but we're working on that in the app. So uh, if you're listening to us on, if you have listened to us on the app or on the website, you had to switch over. Uh, we apologize. We're still working on that. If you, if you can't hear us at all, then that means nothing, what I just said. So <laughs> we're working on it. Give us some time. We'll see what we can do for you. Let's go to the guest lines again. Our last guest of the day, Will Polachik from WFNZ. Covers the Hornets, covers the Panthers, and there's news on both to talk about today. Good morning, Will. How are you doing, my friend? Morning, uh, Brad. Uh, the uh, most important thing to me is that I can hear you, which uh, which is uh, good for me. Uh, a hectic sports uh, 24 hours here in the city of Charlotte, not just with the Panthers, is that a Hornet trade? Uh, no, no rest for the weary here in January. No, not at all. And you've had to digest uh, a lot of news over the over the last twenty four hours. Uh, let's start with the Hornets and that trade: Terry Rozier going to the Miami Heat for a twenty twenty seven first rounder and Kyle Lowry. What is your take on this trade? Why did the Hornets make this move? And what are the benefits? And then maybe some of the the uh, cons from this. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Terry Rozier is somebody who I kind of had to come 180 degrees on. I've been here the entire time that he has, and uh, he was the guy who was obviously the piece that came back to the Hornets when they traded away Kemba Walker. And at the time, you know, I was on the air here at the time, uh, that trade was something uh, that was kind of universally panned here because Kemba was such a universally beloved figure. The unfortunate part about Kemba's career is that he was never the same because of debilitating injuries and a decreasing uh, production value. So Terry actually kind of became the star of that deal. He earned the second contract here in Charlotte uh, worth $100 million. He had another year left on the contract. So I think there was a diminishing level of what you would get from a return standpoint in terms of Rozier. Uh, the value on him was pretty much white hot because he's still a contributory asset. I think he's somebody who can contribute to a championship team as long as he's not the first or second option. He can definitely be an auxiliary option. And so getting him traded to the Heat, I think, puts him in position to definitely be a part of a winning culture. Uh, Lowry coming back, from what I'm being told and what I'm kind of reading with the tea leaves, is he's not going to be here long. It doesn't seem like they're going to do a buyout scenario for him, but they're probably going to potentially try to flip him before February 8th deadline. The pick that they get back in 2027 is lottery protected, so it becomes an unprotected pick the next year. So it is at least a down-the-line asset, but getting a first-rounder for Terry is definitely something that was a desirable part of Mitch Kupchak. I do not think that the uh, potential fire sale is over. I think the Hornets are in asset-acquiring mode right now to try and figure out what they can uh, not only keep around them, but also what they can potentially jettison for more parts to try and rebuild this roster. I think they want to build around a core of LaMelo, Brandon Miller, and Mark Williams, and some other of the pieces that they're potentially going and trying to acquire here at the deadline. But uh, at least the first domino has fallen, probably looking at maybe a potential uh, moving on of Gordon Hayward. He's in an expiring contract scenario as well. 
maybe one or two other pieces. Maybe Miles Bridges is one who potentially goes by the wayside as well because he is also on an expiring contract. He also, though, has a no-move clause, so that could potentially, uh, could potentially uh, impact where at least he tries to go at this point. So probably we're getting a vastly different roster and direction next year. Is that kind of what all this is leading to? I think that they're at least trying to go that route. Uh, I think that they're at the point in time right now, unfortunately, where it's hard to evaluate this roster because of the vast amount of injuries that they've had. Uh, We were kind of going through it. There's been one time over the course of the last year and a half since Steve Clifford has taken over for uh, for the head coaching staff here that they've had what they would think is their projected starting lineup go out there on the floor because – There have been injuries to LaMelo. You had the suspension of Miles Bridges to begin the season. Uh, Terry's been hurt. uh, Gordon's been hurt. Uh, Mark Williams has had a lower back contusion that hasn't healed, and they may be thinking about potentially shutting him down. So, uh, And right now, last night, their victory over Minnesota was one of the most unlikely victories they've had because they had to go up against the dynamic duo of Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns, two beyond seven-footers, and they only had really – you know, one center, or one natural center, at least at that position, with Nathan Mensa, their backup G League center. They had to go small ball with P.J. Washington up front as well. So in that regard, you're looking at a scenario where the Hornets have not necessarily been playing uh, with hole at basically any part of the last year and a half since Steve Clifford has been the head coach. So that's what makes this roster so hard to evaluate. I think they want to run it back with some of those pieces, but there is a scenario and, and, and sense that maybe – this is potentially the cleansing that they've needed to get to do to try and at least rework and rebuild around the core of LaMelo, Brandon Miller, and Mark Williams. Will Palachuk from WFNZ in Charlotte joining us live here this morning. Let's switch over to football, which the Panthers are certainly in the news cycle right now. They found their GM, and they found him within their own building in Dan Morgan. Uh, what do you know of Dan and his uh, you know, his, his background? I mean, obviously, he played for the, the Panthers and – He's been in the organization for a few years now. Do you feel like this is a, a good move, bringing in somebody that already kind of knows the inner workings and has worked with David Tepper as opposed to going outside and, and finding someone that has to come in and learn a lot? Is that an advantage for Dan? And what do you think of him as the new GM and uh, president of, of operations? Some of the outward reception of this move is mixed, uh, Brad, because there were a lot of people who wanted to see – a change in the complete direction of the franchise by a a complete house cleaning. That's very difficult to do at this stage of an offseason when you've already kind of done your scouting work for the upcoming year and you have your players in mind that you want to go out and check out in terms of the combine and official visits and things of that nature. Uh, There was never going to be a total house cleaning, so get somebody in here that at least knows kind of where your potential landmines are, knows the framework of the roster, knows what the philosophy wants to be, and also somebody who has hopefully some new ideas from the man who just got uh, dismissed in Scott Fitterer. I think that's what you get with Dan Morgan. Uh, He has an affinity for this franchise and an attachment to this franchise, having been here as a player. Uh, He was connected to previous GM Scott Fitterer for a long time in Seattle, but also had his own independent experience 
and they're a great organization. I was part of the Brandon Bean uh, movement in Buffalo. I don't think anybody's going to look at that organization and say that they've done poorly over the course of the last four, five, six years. Obviously getting themselves to the playoffs, a bunch of 10-win seasons, getting to the AFC Championship as well. Uh, they've not gone over the hump, but you look at their scenario, I think there was a lot of uh, talk that he was potentially one of the guys who was there in the room when uh, they drafted Josh Allen. So that's something to look at and say he at least is a good evaluator of talent. I also know for a fact that there were some moves and picks and players that uh, he wanted in this building that eventually didn't necessarily come as a result of uh, mm. other people being in charge, so to speak. So to sit here and say that he is kind of one-brained with uh, the regime that just was dismissed, I think it's a bit of a mischaracterization. I also think that this this uh, notion that he is this quote-unquote David Tepper yes-man, I don't know if you've ever stood next to Dan Morgan, Brad. He's an NFL linebacker. I think he's going to have his own presence and command his own ideas and his own direction on the franchise. I think they hired him to be kind of the, the buck stops with here kind of person. I think you're going to see and hear a lot less from David Tepper in terms of uh, people uh, trying to ask him about the direction of the franchise. I think they want to make Morgan that face of the franchise, pair him with a, a cap-related guy and have an additional buffer between ownership and the football operation. And I think that represents the direction of this franchise in addition to what they might do from the head coaching perspective. I support that direction. Uh, I think Les Tepper, more Dan Morgan, probably the way to go there. So I, I certainly applaud that decision, if, if that is indeed the route they're taking with it. I, I think what's important about Morgan is even though he, he played for the Panthers and he's worked in the front office, he didn't come up through the ranks with the Panthers, you know, as an executive. He, he was in Seattle for a long time helping with their personnel, and that was during the era when Seattle had it really rolling and Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll were winning the Super Bowl and you know, Legion of Boom and all that stuff. And then, of course, you know he, he spent some time in Buffalo, like you said. So it, I think it's very important they didn't come up through Carolina. So he's got a lot of outsider, I think, point of views that maybe uh, I think will help the Panthers from that standpoint. You mentioned the coaching search. It's been very quiet, Will. What are they waiting on? What are they – What was Morgan sort of the – the, the domino is the piece they wanted to get in there. Will others start to, to sort of come together now? Or, or do you think this thing's going to be drawn out like a lot of other NFL franchises are experiencing? So, so the biggest problem the Carolina Panthers had this year, they had two big problems. I think they overrated their personnel that they surrounded around Bryce Young uh, because they felt that they could just drop a quarterback in and the personnel was good enough to where they could win right away. I think they overrated some parts of that personnel uh, at least in terms of the wide receiver position and the offensive line. I think they had some offensive line injuries uh, and also some other parts of the team that just did not fit. I think there was definitely a desire to go with maybe a more of a ground-and-pound attack. That was not the philosophy they went with. And the other problem they had, other than the overrating of the personnel, was a lack of alignment. It seemed to me that the front office and the head coach were not on the same page in terms of how they built the team and what they wanted to run. And I think that's a scenario that uh, we've seen, unfortunately, happen a lot over the last couple of years with the Panthers in that they have not been able to do the coach and the GM hire in the same offseason. You had Matt Rule brought in. He was given uh, basically personnel control. You brought in a GM that basically was made to answer to him and Scott Fitterer. Fitterer never really got the full reins of things until last offseason. And by then, uh, the roster and the head coach had not been on the same page for a while, and as a result, you did not have that sense of alignment. So I think there was a desire to bring the GM in first so that the GM can align with the head coach 
and that means a couple of different rows that they could potentially go in. I do think it's going to be an offensive guy, so that probably takes out uh, a guy like a Dan Quinn or a Mike Vrabel, Raheem Morris. Uh, those candidates probably are disqualified from that particular scenario. The man that keeps on coming up here and who's come up over the last couple of days because of Morgan's attachment to this job is Dave Canales, the offensive coordinator in Tampa Bay. He also has Seattle ties as well. Uh, he was part of the team that uh, kind of revamped and redeveloped the Geno Smith uh, contract. Obviously, he was there with Russell Wilson and also got more out of Baker Mayfield than this franchise got uh, in the four or five games that he was here as a starter. So he's been a name that's definitely risen up. Uh, the only team he's interviewed with is the Panthers, though, so that obviously has a lot of people somewhat questioning uh, why the Panthers would interview somebody who only took meetings with Carolina. I still think that they're in on Ben Johnson, the uh, Detroit Lions offensive coordinator, and Bobby Slowick, the Houston Texans coordinator. I feel like the, the head coach candidate, uh, the head coaching job, will go to somebody of those three. just kind of depends on whether or not Morgan wants to go outside of his circle, so to speak, or if he wants to go with somebody who's familiar to him from his time in Seattle. Um, still lots of to be decided, and the market still playing itself out, and there's still a lot going on there with that. Uh, coaching search. So we'll continue to follow that. We want to make sure you follow Will Polachik. He does a great job of covering the Hornets and the Panthers. You can follow him oh, and Charlotte FC. I cannot leave, uh, leave that out either. Uh, at Willie P. Styles. Make sure you follow him on X today. Uh, Will, before we let you run, your thoughts on the NFC AFC Championship games this weekend? Are, are you Is this Baltimore's thing to lose? Uh, they look like the best team maybe overall, but were you are you downgrading the 49ers coming off of their performance against Green Bay? How do you look at what we're going to get for the Super Bowl? I will say before the postseason, I had San Francisco and Kansas City as my two favorites to, to make it out of each conference. So the fact that those are still intact, I think, at least tells you the strength of both those teams. Although, like you mentioned, San Francisco can consider themselves very fortunate that they got through and passed Green Bay without having played their best game. Uh, they were definitely vulnerable in that contest. It took a, uh, a Jordan Love YOLO interception to keep them somewhat alive. So I think they've got to play a much better game against Detroit. Uh, I think Detroit is a very, very live dog. I think Kansas City is a team, too, that you know, despite the fact that this might be the, the worst team they've had under Mahomes, they've still made it to the AFC Championship game for the sixth consecutive season. So I definitely do not count them out. I think Baltimore on paper is probably the best team that's remaining of any of the teams that are left. But like we said, the game is not necessarily won on paper. I'm curious to see how that matchup comes. I think if Baltimore gets through, they are the Super Bowl favorite regardless who comes out of the NFC. But I also feel like of the four teams, San Francisco probably has the potential to play the best because of the offensive options. It obviously will depend on whether or not Debo Samuel plays on Sunday or not as well because we always know he's a bit of a different X factor when it comes to San Francisco offensively. Yeah, no question. It may my my pick may rest on the health of Debo Samuel because I think he means that much to 49ers. And they have a, so. they have a ton of weapons, but God, he makes so much of the other weapons work because of how versatile he is in that offense. Will, and the attention that he commands too, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Will always love having you on the show. Appreciate your insights into the Panthers and the Hornets and the NFL, and we'll catch up with you down the road, my friend. You mentioned Charlotte FC, 32 days till uh, the opening kickoff at Bank of America Stadium. Get your tickets. We're uh, looking forward to that opening contest against NYCFC. Absolutely. Looking forward to that. You'll be on the call for it. Thank you, Will. I appreciate you. 
And we got to get you up for a game this yes. year, pal. That's, uh, we need to make that happen. Yes, my kids would love that. We'll, we'll, we'll make that happen. Thanks, Will. Take care, my friend. Always enjoy catching up with Will Palacio. When we return, phone lines are open. We'll hit on some college basketball, some NFL news to get to as well. Don't go anywhere. Royal Flush Toilet Rentals. If you want to potty like a rock star, you can with us. At Royal Flush Toilet Rentals, we offer construction porta potty rentals, septic tank pumping, and luxury toilet trailers. Call 864-238-8800. We have two-stall, three-stall, and four-stall trailers for your corporate events, wedding parties, and special occasions. Call 864-238-8800. Royal Flush Toilet Rentals. I'm Eddie Bennett. Bennett Equipment is your premier independent local construction equipment rental and sales source. With three locations in the upstate and one in North Georgia, our Takeuchi lineup of track loaders, excavators, and wheel loaders, and full line of attachments are ready to make your jobs easy. So don't settle for less. Choose the best with Bennett and Takeuchi. Proudly supplying equipment in our region for 24 years. When you need equipment in the upstate or North Georgia, buy it or rent it from Bennett. Breathe easier in your home in 2024 with Zero Res Air Duct Cleaning. It's the only company I trust to clean my air ducts insanely clean. Right now, when you mention me, Mickey, and The Roar, you'll get $50 off your next air duct cleaning. Use promo code AIR50 when scheduling online at ZeroResGreenville.com. Trucks cost less than Traveler's Rest, where your friends at George Coleman Ford are offering an F-150 four-wheel drive crew cab with SDX package MSRP at $53,120. George Coleman Ford priced at only $44,453. Special rates available through Ford Motor Credit as low as 2.9% for 72 months. Led by the fourth generation and in business for over 90 years, that's the team at George Coleman Ford with approved credit offer good through April 2nd, 2024. Engineered Sleep has been a Roar partner for over eight years, and your support has meant the world to them. They design and manufacture some of the best mattresses in the world right here in Greenville, South Carolina. If you've not visited their new 95,000-square-foot facility at 333 North Pleasantburg Drive in Greenville, you should. Go check out their mattress showroom and also take a tour of their factory. It is rare that you can buy a mattress directly from a factory that has been making them since 1931. Hey guys, did you go up a pant size over this winter? Shed that weight with semiglutide from Low Country Mail. It reduces cravings, lowers A1C, and lets you lose weight with no strict diets or exercise. All plans include primary care, labs, medication, and more. No long-term contracts, just straightforward pricing. Proven results make men men again. Lowcountrymail.com it's a new year, but one thing remains the same. Elkmont is the upstate's destination for the best in lifestyle clothing, shoes, unique gifts, outdoor gear, and so much more. Offering great footwear from on-running, vans, UFOs, Birkenstock, and more. Incredible selection of jewelry featuring Kendra Scott and game day and lifestyle clothing from the most popular brands like Patagonia, Viore, Filson, Free Fly, Columbia, Z Supply, Howler Brothers, and more. Shop South Carolina's largest selection of on-running shoes and enjoy great discounts on select game day and winter apparel as our winter clearance sale begins. Find the latest arrivals and fashion trends from Elkmont's Facebook and Instagram pages or shop Elkmont online at elkmonttradingcompany.com. That's E-L-K-M-O-N-T, 
www.tradingcompany.com. Elkmont is conveniently located in Powdersville off of 153 and in Clemson at 93 and Highway 123. And finally, go Tigers! Your home is your most valuable asset. When it comes to the professional installation of a decorative coating on your garage floor, working with a local, experienced company is in your best interest. I'm Jake Wilson, owner of Iron Drive Floor Coatings. For nearly 15 years, we've provided premier garage floor coatings and have earned the most five-star Google reviews in our industry. To learn how we can make your garage floor shine, go to irondrivegaragefloors.com and request a free estimate. That's irondrivegaragefloors.com. Meet Cheryl. Hey. She's on vacation and lost in the moment. Unfortunately, so is her Chase debit card. It's got to be somewhere. Maybe she lost it at Salsa Night. These skirts should have pockets. Or maybe she lost it at Pilates. Three and two and But ah. she's not worried. With the Chase mobile app, she can lock her card till it turns up. Tools that help protect. One bank that puts you in control. Visit chase.com slash checking. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data reads may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. Powered by Upcountry Fiber, we are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Providing fiber internet, HDTV, and phone service, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Crank it up and embarrass your children. The Roar, where every day is game day. Eleven twenty six a.m. Hour three continues on. Still some time for you to get in. Six five four roar. Some updates and some news to get to. One, we are going to update the Atlanta Falcons coaching situation. We just talked about the Panthers with Will Palachik. Sounds like it's going to be a little bit longer. The Falcons also going to be a little bit longer. It is not going to be Bill Belichick. It seems like in the next couple of days. In fact, I do believe that report that interest is maybe lessening. Uh, as we speak, according to Michael Rothstein of ESPN, sources are telling him the Falcons are putting in slips for second in-person interview requests with Ben Johnson of the Lions and Aaron Glenn of the Lions, and neither one of those guys can interview until next week. So, yeah, this is going to be a little while with the Falcons. It's going to get drawn out a little bit longer. Right move, wrong move. I just look at that as Arthur Blank doing his due diligence. Does, I don't feel like he's going to circle back to Belichick, though. Uh, unless those guys are all no's and go to other franchises or something. True. Johnson has been linked to Washington for quite some time now. That ownership group probably willing to, to meet his requirements financially. You know, there's rumors he was on 15 mil. I think it was just floated out there by an agent just to see what the response sure, would yeah. be. It's probably not quite 15 mil. <laughs> I'd but, be shocked if it was. But we also don't have any clue what it's going to end up being. So who knows? But Washington probably will pay for his services higher than some of the other bidders. Probably so. If that's the man they determine they want to lead their franchise. Aaron Glenn, uh, Aaron Glenn may get a job. He very well could end up with one of these gigs. I think he should. Before it's all said and done. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I like him. Um We'll see if it's Atlanta again. You want to go coordinator that you don't know if they can coach, or do you want to go Bill Belichick? For whatever reason, it sounds like things have deteriorated between the Falcons and Belichick. Speaking of things deteriorating, the Philadelphia Eagles have confirmed today that they have let go and fired offensive coordinator 
Brian Johnson. Remember, they brought Johnson in last this time last year, last offseason. Um, now they're when when Steichen left to go coach the Colts, and then they also lost Gannon when he left to go coach the Cardinals. And now they're back to square one, right where they were this time last year, as they now have to replace their offensive and defensive coordinators. If you remember the defensive coordinator situation, uh, Sean Desai was the defensive coordinator, and he stunk, and they replaced him <laughs> middle of the season with Matt Patricia, and that didn't go well either. Patricia's contract with the team ran out. He moved on to pursue other things, and Desai was let go, and so now they're in the hunt for a Brian Johnson replacement as well. Brian Johnson, that's the same Brian Johnson that was in Florida, right? With the Gators. I think so, yeah. I think he almost joined South Carolina at one time. He was rumored to be an OC candidate there. He's been around a lot of places in a long time. So that's a that's a big deal, I think, for Philly. This shows what I predicted yesterday, that there's a really good chance Nick Sirianni, the head coach, went into owner Jeff Lurie's office and was told, clean house or you're gone. And he chose to clean house, and that's what he's doing here. They're kind of starting over again. Apparently the rest of the staff not happy with this Brian Johnson decision, according to some reports. Interesting. Yeah, so there may be some rifts being created. By not, not in Philly. Not in Philly. Uh, tough position to be in. you got to go get coordinators for the second straight year on both sides of the ball. But it's a, it's a lot different than it was a year ago. Maybe That's not a as, lot different sales pitch than it was a year ago. Right. Maybe not as sought after as it was. Um, Certainly not, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, something to monitor. Absolutely. I mean, the Eagles are they're in a bad spot, right? They're going to have a lot of veterans leave the roster. Some, some new personnel. They're going to have to use the draft probably wisely. This year, uh, they may not have a lot of money for a ton of free agency additions. So, yeah, it's going to get tough. They're, they're going to have to let some of these guys expire on their contracts. And, yeah, it's just just not the, the ideal situation. It's one of the more interesting teams to follow from a personnel standpoint the rest of this offseason in the NFL. Does Phil, is the key to Philly being really good? Not just get to the playoffs and hope you win a game good, but like really good, get back to the Super Bowl kind of good contingent on somebody other than A.J. Brown being the focal point? Because I I think they really struggled there. I think they relied too much on him. Maybe so. And when he was out, they just weren't the same team. Uh, my thing to that is, one, you know, we believe you're going to have to replace Jason Kelsey at center, although it hasn't been officially announced that he's retired. You know, Lane Johnson at right tackle is getting really old and has a lot of injuries and things that he's had to deal with. You lost your left guard, Siamolo, to Pittsburgh in last year's off uh, off season. So maybe you can move Dickerson over to center to replace Kelsey. But I, to me, it's revamping that offensive line and getting a run game going so there's not as much pressure put on A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Hurts within the passing game. Okay. Well, they're going to have some opportunities to to change sort of the direction there. Before we move off of the NFL, I do want to bring up one more thing. Uh, it's the annual beginning, kicking off mock draft season. I know I, I'm not really in mock draft mode, but I do pay attention this time of the year when Mel Kuyper releases his 31 picks for the 2024 NFL draft. Uh, still good ways. We're, we're not in draft mode yet, I, but I do want to go over some of these with you, John, just to get your thoughts. All right. 
He has the Chicago Bears, who get the first-round pick thanks to the trade with Carolina last year, or the Panthers last year, uh, taking Caleb Williams, quarterback, USC. That should be the pick. Why? I, I just feel like he's the, the best option available. I think his skills translate well to the National Football League. You know, I think he's not a... He's able to maneuver around that pocket. He's able to, you know, can make some things happen behind, behind the line of scrimmage by his guy's time. That's the future of the league. That's yeah. where, not, not even really the future. That's where we're at. But it's trending more and more in the direction of you, it's the secondary play that works and creates explosiveness, not just the pure draw it up scheme. Or not everybody has a Tyreek Hill that can turn a little play into 50 yards. Right. So you have to, it's the secondary breakdown stuff. Yeah, to me, the, the the issue here is moving off of Justin Fields. Like You draft Cap Williams, you've got to trade Justin Fields. You cannot keep him in the organization. And I have no idea what you can get for him right now. Kuyper thinks you can get a first-round pick. I think Kuyper's crazy. <laughs> well, tell me how you really feel. That, that feels a, a bit steep to me. Why would a team give up a first-round pick on Justin Fields, who hasn't done much of anything in the NFL yet, to then have to pay him in a year? Or you could draft somebody and figure out in four years whether you want to pay them or not. Yeah. I now, don't... if my Steelers want to give the Bears like a third or a fourth... You'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. Okay. But I'm not sending a first-round pick to Chicago for Justin Fields. I'm just not doing it. The other option for Chicago is to maybe keep Fields or take a quarterback later and, dra- and, and move down and get more assets. I mean, before too long, the entire draft is going to be nothing but Bears picks if they if they do that. Gross. A- every top five is just going to the Chicago Bears for the next, like, six years. I mean, that, that's what it feels like. They're going to keep trading. It feels like the 76ers before they got uh, Simmons and Embiid where they were just, ah, we don't feel like selecting anybody. We'll just get more picks, and we'll figure it out later. Yeah, exactly. Number two, Jaden Daniels. Quarterback of LSU to the Washington Commanders over Drake May. Kuyper has the Patriots taking May the third pick. Is is this just the the Commanders just aren't going to go North Carolina, North Carolina, back-to-back that's, quarterbacks? That's the way I make it read. But I, I have a tough time penciling anybody into Washington right now because I don't know what they want to do. I don't know who the coach is. I, I kind of want to trade the pick. I want to I pull a Bears. And just sit on it for a year, go through another year of Sam Howell, skip quarterback in this cycle, and acquire more picks and do what Chicago just did or what Houston has done. My only worry to that would be are you going? I mean, it is Washington, so there's a very good chance of this. How often are you going to be picking this high in the draft again from a quarterback selecting Uh, standpoint? Very, very very likely. Uh, but, But the thing is, if you're trading with bad teams for high draft picks, you're probably going to get something. You may not get two in the top five, but you're going to get two in the top 10 or 12. Maybe, yeah. Odds are. Uh, Cardinals taking Harrison at number four. That seems like a no-brainer right now. They need help bad. They They need anybody. They need anybody who can play football. And that wants to play football. Uh, Brought Bowers top five pick going to the Chargers. You buying that? No, not yet. Giants taking Malik Neighbors. There's a lot of people think that Neighbors is a better receiver than Harrison. I shouldn't say a lot. I've seen some some ideas that he's better. I don't know about that. Depends on the system. Don't and ever who think else this. you have around don't him. Don't ever think this. Just take Harrison's the best NFL wide receiver available. Don't overthink it. I'd have Harrison wanting a Dunze too. Oh wow! Uh, I take a Dunze over Neighbors probably. Mm, that's close. It's Very close. Nice. I mean, it's not like I'm 
I'm not trying to sit here and say that Neighbors is like a fourth round prospect or anything like that. I just right. Kuiper has the Bears at nine taking a Dunze. So going Williams and a Dunze. Ooh, playmaking time in Chicago. You don't hate that. You hate it because it's the Bears, but you don't no, hate that No, no, it's idea. not that it's the Bears. I, I think that could really work. Mm. He has the Falcons taking Dallas Turner, by the way. Get some pass rush in there. Probably not a bad idea. Uh, you've only been asking for it for three years in Atlanta. <laughs> uh, a top 15 pick here from the Clemson Tigers, Nate Wiggins, number 11 to the Minnesota Vikings, according Ooh. to Mel Kuyper's mock draft. Okay, I could see that. Could see that. I could see that for for both part, parties being a good fit. Mm, Keon Coleman going in the first round, top fifteen pick to the Indianapolis Colts and the Fighting Quacking Bushes. Number sixteen, Seattle Seahawks taking JJ McCarthy. <laughs> I thought he was going to the Giants. <laughs> I, I thought he was contractually obligated to go to the Giants. That's the kind of player they always get. Absolutely, they would dream of Daniel Jones going ten to seventeen for one hundred eighty yards. Oh, man. Uh, Jared Verse, a top 20 pick. Your Steelers, Kamari Lassiter from Georgia. I wouldn't hate that. More cornerbacks. You, would, uh, you, you, you need them. You need them. <laughs> now, unless Mims from Georgia is available, I could put Mims opposite Broderick Jones at my two tackle spots. I wouldn't be against that, but you need, you, you need Kamari Lassiter in <laughs> Pittsburgh big time. I am, I'm, I'm here for that one. Uh, Kyber's got a lot of linemen in the uh, bottom end of the draft, both defensive ends and... Um, tackles any other Clemson Tigers showing up in the first round of this thing no uh, Jeremiah Trotter doesn't look like it uh, I'm getting to the end here he's got Mims going 32nd to the Niners that's not fair for Mims to go to the Niners yeah that's what they need is another Trent Williams there's a lot of teams need offensive line help everybody I'm not, I'm not, everybody needs it I'm not sure he slips that far I no, I, I wouldn't think so but no no other Clemson Tigers just one that'd be Nate Wiggins okay Let's go to the phone line, 654-ROAR. Tar Hill Chad's up next. Hey, Tar Hill Chad. Hey there, Dr. Brad, Tar Hill Brad. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. Easy win for the Hills last night. No sweater in the second half. That was easy. Well, um, we didn't shoot it great in the first half, but um, our defense, um, and Steve Forbes after just said it was, after the game said it was suffocating. They and, you know, it's hard. It's been a long time, you know, probably going back to some of Roy's teams a couple, but even those teams didn't play defense till they had to. But this team guards, um, and people are having a hard time getting offense. So, yep. to be honest with you, we really haven't shot it great either. I think our field goal percentage is 45%. We're shooting like 35% from three. Uh, but when you guard like that, and then in the second half last night, I think we shot 61% uh, second half coming in. So kind of good to see rebounding. We killed them on the boards. Um, and Wake Forest is starting five. There's a lot of talent in that group. So you know, I, it was, uh, I didn't think we'd win like that. I think the spread was seven and a half, but obviously that was never in doubt. So it was a good win. Got to go to Florida State this weekend. Um, you know, I feel like if get through that first ten game stretch, maybe with one loss, I think we got two back to back road games, and then Duke. Um, I think I would take it, considering you know a lot of unknowns coming into this year, but just a better overall team. Maybe not as talented for sure as a lot of older to other teams, but definitely a 
they're playing oh, pretty yeah. daggone good team basketball. Yeah. You know? I also saw you as a one seed in Jerry Palm's latest bracketology. So uh, things are things are looking very good for the Hills right now. Very good. Onward and upward. Um, talk soon, buddy. Take care. Take care, Tar Hill Chat. Appreciate you getting in. Nine straight wins now for North Carolina. They're on fire. They are. Uh, Chad's team is is rocking and rolling, but if he calls you Dr. Brad again, I may have to put a little bit of a ban on Chad because last time I checked, you were not worthy of a PhD. Do that. that had nothing to do with me. Had nothing to do with me. Uh, we'll talk more bracketology on the other side. 654 Roar, final segment for this. For over 36 years, Little John Portable Toilets has proudly served the upstate. From construction to special events, Little John Portable Toilets has you covered with worry-free toilet service, delivered, cleaned, and sanitized, serving the upstate and further when possible. Portable toilets, handicap, hand wash stations, holding tanks, executive restroom trailers. And if you have a question, we have a live person to talk with. Little John, family owned and operated. 800-499-5667 and at littlejohntoilets.com. Finding a dealership alternative just got easier. With three locations in Greenville, Cherrydale, and Anderson, First Class Halt is here to service your Honda, Acura, Lexus, and Toyota. With ASE certified technicians, state-of-the-art equipment, free shuttles, customer rewards program, and a limited lifetime warranty on parts and labor, we stand behind our work. So if you're looking for an independent service shop who treats you like a customer, not a number, look no further than firstclasshalt.com. And while you are there, take advantage of our new customer offer, First Class Halt, your dealership alternative. 2008 was an incredible year for me and my family. Not only was it the year that I became head coach at Clemson, but it was also the year that I found the only dealership I need for sales and service. Toyota of Easley is my kind of place. If you are considering the purchase of a new or used vehicle or need your current vehicle serviced or repaired, then I encourage you to go see the winning team at Toyota of Easley. Be sure and tell them Dabo sent you. Hey foodies, we want to talk to you about the Upstate's favorite taco spot, Willie Taco. With five locations across the Upstate, our award-winning team has been serving up fresh taco fusion for a solid decade now. And our chefs at Willie Taco utilize the freshest, most creative and unexpected ingredients in our kitchens. Come see why Southern Living and Food and Wine Magazine rave about our signature offerings, such as the Southern Tide, Crispy Avocado, and Nashville Hot Chicken Tacos, with flavors you won't find anywhere else. Willie Taco is ready to serve you our twist on funky, fresh fusion. It's the Willie Way. Most folks in your neighborhood are realizing a garage floor coating is a must-have item. Our coatings are easy to clean, extremely durable, and they transform the entire space. I'm Jake Wilson, owner of Iron Drive Floor Coatings. In the last 15 years, we've installed over a million square feet of residential coatings. Trust in our team of professionals when it comes to your garage floor. Go to irondrivegaragefloors.com to get a free quote and see our five-star Google reviews and gallery of finished jobs. That's irondrivegaragefloors.com. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Are you the decision maker in your company? Do you want more control over your business spending? Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management platform designed to save you time and money. Ramp offers unlimited corporate cards with spend controls you can customize to stop wasteful spending before it happens. Ramp makes expense reports a breeze by automatically collecting receipts and matching them to the right transaction. You'll close your books in hours instead of days. Ramp allows you to see all of your company spend in one place, so you can make quick, informed decisions about your business finances. Plus, Ramp will share insights based on your spending to help you cut costs. Over 15,000 businesses have added up to 5% to their bottom line with Ramp. You can be one of them. 
If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash sports. Ramp.com slash sports. R-A-M-P dot com slash sports. Did you know State Credit Union offers excellent rates on car loans? And when you get your car loan from State Credit Union, you'll enjoy having no car payments for 90 days. Visit State Credit Union today in Anderson, Clemson, Seneca, Greenville, Spartanburg, or Greenwood. Or visit them online at scscu.com. That's scscu.com. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing lender, federally insured by the NCUA. Gilstrap Roofing has an experienced team that specializes in shingle and flat roofs for residential, commercial, and industrial customers. Their dedication to complete customer satisfaction is why a large portion of their business comes from repeat customers and referrals. If you need a full-service roofing contractor that has over 88 years of experience and takes pride in top customer satisfaction, Gilstrap Roofing has got you covered. Call for your free roofing estimate today at 269-1232 and online at gilstraproofing.com. Hey guys, it's time to reclaim that alpha feeling. If you've been feeling sluggish, carrying extra weight, or missing a step in the bedroom, it's time for a change. Book an appointment today at Low Country Mail. Our concierge testosterone replacement therapy plans start at just $220 a month, covering testosterone, labs, medication, and doctor visits. We also offer growth hormone replacement and top-notch anti-aging plans. Let's make men men again. Book today at lowcountrymail.com. Your flagship station for Clemson men's basketball. 105.5 and 97.5. We are the Roar, where every day is game day. Final segment here on the Press Box on a Tuesday. Coming up tomorrow, Concernometer Day. Looking forward to that. And this final segment, brought to you by Your Pie of Clemson. Make sure you go by and see them uh, for a quick bite to eat or maybe just to hang out, watch some TV, watch some college basketball. You're going to be in town for anything Clemson sports-related. It's a great place to pick up a meal uh, while you're there, two great locations to choose from. You can go 111 Earl Street right there in downtown, or you can go to the Dockside location with great views of the lake. The pizza is phenomenal. Uh, you can get the the new double pep or the four cheese. Try any of the great menu items or create your own, whatever you're in the mood for. Plus, they've got pasta, salads, gelato, craft beer. Check them out. It is your pie of Clemson. You will not be disappointed. It's a great place if you're – See, that's why I love when your pie is, you know, right for lunch. I can just remind you, if you're in the Clemson area, stop by there, and I bet many of you do. Are you reminding our listeners, or are you reminding yourself to uh, go to your pie today for lunch? It's one of those places, like, my, my brain can smell it. I'm not there. I'm sitting here in the Upcountry Fiber Studios. But I can smell your pie when you walk in the door and it hits you. I don't have time to get over there today, but... Uh, certainly will very soon. In fact, I, you know what? I, I'm going to hit up there this week. You, you've you've convinced me, Johnny, to make a trip to your pie. I'm going to do that this week. Go check them out. Those two great locations in Clemson. Six five four Roar. You want to get with us in the final segment of the show? Uh, some college basketball. We talked about North Carolina. They got an easy win last night over Wake. I say easy. It was a close game in the second half. Hills were actually down by a point, 
But then, as Tarho Chad said, they, they climbed down defensively, but the shots started falling. Davis was making some threes. Uh, they were turning misses into easy baskets, and they, they routed Wake Forest. 85-64 was the final score of 52-30 in the second half. And Davis goes off for 36 points to lead North Carolina. So, RJ, having a... ACC Player of the Year kind of season that continues. I mean, it's his to lose at this point, in my opinion. I don't. I don't think he's really being challenged by anybody else. I think R.J. Davis is the Conference Player of the Year. Just you know, a month into this thing, <laughs> really. I mean, they play some games in December, but uh, barely a month. Not even a full month into the ACC season. Some big games coming up, John, on the docket. Uh, can I interest you in any of these? Sure. What you, what you got on the docket today? Last chance to watch Duke before they take on Clemson. Okay. I'll, I'll pay attention to the Blue Devils. I mean, granted, they're playing Louisville, so you just... Attention, just a little attention is all it needs. Attention's a very loose term here. Yeah. But still, let's see if Duke writes the ship, if they play down to their competition like they have for the last couple of weeks. Uh, they'll be amped up for Clemson coming to town, I think. Sure, absolutely. On Saturday... Texter asked earlier, any chance at all for Clemson this weekend against Duke? Yeah. Yeah, yeah there, there's a chance. They just lost to Pitt at home. Clemson beat Pitt at Pitt. Clemson's a better basketball team than Pitt in many, many ways and many, many metrics. So, yeah, I think Clemson has a legit chance. I'm just curious if Duke shows some energy and bounces back. We'll see if they can make some shots, too, besides um, the big fella, Filipowski. they got to get some other... I get the shots to start falling. So Clemson will have a chance against them this weekend. Well, Brad, I don't think that is the game of the day. What is the game of the day? I think the game of the day in college basketball takes place in this state. Shall we talk about the one in Columbia? I think we shall. It's oh. 7 o'clock tonight on SEC Network. The number 6 Kentucky Wildcats at 14-3 and three, taking on the 15-3 and three South Carolina Gamecocks. Kentucky a 5.5 point favorite right now in Colonial Life Arena. How about that? College basketball world centered on Columbia. And not for women's. No. For men's. It's always there for women's. I think it's going to be a really good game. 7 o'clock tonight. I, I think I will watch as much as I can of this game. We'll see how the night goes. But my, my goal is to try to watch a good bit of this one. Uh, two, three lost teams. This will be a statement win for the Gamecocks and Lamont Paris. This would validate a lot of things that they've done early on this season. Oh, it would be incredible for that program to get a win over Kentucky. Here's the problem, though. Kentucky is one of the top offenses in America. They score a lot and at a high rate. Uh, In fact, they lead the country in points per game at 91.6. South Carolina, though, pretty good. Top 35 defense. Number 34 in points allowed per game. So I think this is going to be a uh, very good test for both teams. This should be high-level basketball. It really should be. Who's on the call tonight? This sounds like a Philpot game. We got Roy Philpot on the call tonight. I cannot confirm nor deny that. I'm not sure if Roy Philpot is going to be on the call. I don't know if we have time to find that out. This feels like this should be a Philpot game this evening. Uh, (laughs) I'm I'm curious to see how this one plays out. Do you have any any gut feel on this game? Michi Johnson's playing out of his mind right now. Kentucky's just... I mean, they're good. They're really, really good. I think they are. I, I still think Tennessee's a little bit better right now. 
But this is a, a good Kentucky team that can score the best. Tom Hart will be on the play-by-play tonight. Oh, I like Tom. Yes, I know Tom. Tom's a great guy. Uh, like I like him. So that, that'll be good. That's even more reason to tune in. I, I do support Tom Hart. So what do you think, John? South Carolina, Michi Johnson, can they pull off the shocker? Can they stop Mitchell and Reeves and Wagner and all those guys for the Cats? I think they can. You're I picking South can. Carolina. I'm going to take the Gamecocks. Woo, first Get the time win at home. I've heard you say those words. I think you're kind of pulling for South Carolina in this oh, game. So I get carried away here, Brad. <laughs> you asked my analysis and a pick on the game. I didn't. Come on now. I think there's a little I bit gonna, of. I ain't going to pull for the Garnet and Black. <laughs> uh, Stute is out. One of their three point shooters is out for South Carolina. He's got a shoulder injury, going to cost him a couple weeks. So he will not be playing uh, in this game. But, you know. Mac has played extremely well down low lately. Uh, Michi can score from anywhere. I, I think they give Kentucky problems. I don't know that I'm going to pick the upset here like you are, but I sort of like the points here. It's, it's going to Kentucky's direction. It's now minus five and a half. It was four and a half earlier. So something to keep an eye on there. But yeah, the center of the college basketball universe is Columbia, South Carolina. Feels kind of weird to say. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a good game. It's actually a really good, just even in the top 25 alone, a really good night in college basketball. Yeah, we got Houston BYU tonight. You going to stay up for that one? Uh, Probably not. Uh, (laughs) Purdue's playing Michigan. Michigan's terrible this year. Horrific. Uh, There's no way Jordan Howard survives this, right? No. Purdue's a 17.5-point favorite tonight at home. Should roll them. Uh, Is there any other games interest you? Uh, Texas-Oklahoma. Okay. Yep, Texas. A little Red River. Yeah, oh Red River. <laughs> Thirteen uh, and five against fifteen and three. Now this Oklahoma team is a team that I'm really trying to figure out. Watched a little bit of, not a ton, but this is a team that I think could um, really make some noise in their last year in the Big Twelve. Okay, they're playing well. Uh, also, see. you got at seven o'clock tonight. Thirteen ranked Wisconsin at fourteen and four in the year, going up against Minnesota, who's twelve and six on the year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Notice that game as well. Uh, Ohio State, Nebraska. Yeah, you're not you're not a Big Ten basketball fan. No, they play indoors. Fun. Isn't that the whole Big Ten's identity is we play outside? <laughs> not in basketball. <laughs> uh, other games in the ACC tonight: Florida State, Syracuse. No, no. Q's playing a little bit better. They got a big win. Got they hit, are hit they a, are playing better. I'll get a buzzer that. beater on on Saturday. Uh, Florida State coming off that loss to Clemson. We'll see how they rebound. Uh, th- these are teams that, if you're a Clemson fan, you keep an eye on because you want to see you need Clemson to move up in the standings. Definitely, definitely. Pitt, Georgia Tech. Yeah, I'm good. That sounds. Horrible. I'll, I'll pass on that one. Uh, uh, can I interest you in Boston College and Virginia Tech at nine o'clock? I'll be honest. If it's nine o'clock and I'm still watching hoops, <laughs> I'm turning over to Houston BYU at okay. nine o'clock. If I'm watching hoops, all right, fair enough. Although Virginia Tech has been a fun team to watch this year. Yeah, fair enough. If they can get the three point shooting going. I teased this earlier in the show, John. I read something this morning, sort of made me pause for a minute and think about getting into the NCAA tournament and getting seating, getting proper seating in the NCAA tournament, all those kind of things. And yeah, Clemson's involved in that because I think right now, in fact, I don't think, I know right now, Clemson's an NCAA tournament team if the season were to end today. They're 33rd, I believe, in the net rankings. RPI's way higher than that. I think they're inside the top 20 in RPI. And something I read this morning, 
from Jerry Palm, their bracketologist over at CBSSports.com. He had a line, sort of kind of a throwaway line that made me start thinking, that not all quad one wins are the same. And on the surface, I kind of get what he's saying, right? If you beat the number three team in the net versus number 25 team, the number three team undoubtedly would be a better win. In theory, yeah. But why? So my question is, where? what's the line? Because are, are we going to have to prioritize certain games? Like, So we're going to do a ranking within the ranking? I hope not. I mean, shouldn't is that the whole designation of why they did quad one, two, three, and four? So the committee doesn't necessarily have to weigh a bunch of different stuff, sort of simplify it for them. Absolutely, at least that's the way I've interpreted it. So now you're going to be it's going to determine did, did that quad one win was it more meaningful than somebody else's quad one win? See, you're doing a ranking with a ranking. Yeah, this is it's too much for me. I don't I don't like that idea on the surface. I want a quad one to be a quad one, and that's a quad one, not. Is it quad one one or quad one two or quad one three or quad one four? I, I I'm know, not Jim. doing that. I don't know if it's a good win, Jim. I'll leave that to William Quackenbush, who you can hear in the next few minutes. That's more his alley than mine. I may I may throw it at the Quack see if I can get him started, get him, get him going this morning on that one. What what he takes out of that? But I don't know. That was just something that was in in Palm's write up. It was kind of a throwaway line, and I was like, is that is that what we're doing now? We're comparing quad one wins well you know what it's a great way for jerry palm to get on your television set a month earlier maybe so it's a great way for him to get um you know brought up <laughs> we should have opened with a nerd alert before we got into that <laughs> we probably should have uh we'll, we'll let william Quackenbush handle the the nerd alert as he does very well every day here yeah i i just saw that as a problem something else i noticed and just sort of it's way too early to really dive into bracketology stuff but i do pay attention to the net rankings one thing i noticed about clemson's spot at 33 four and oh in quad four games i think there's seven what i tell you seven or eight teams above them that have played four or less quad four games i think that's one of the keys now i think that was one of the emphasis is don't play quad four games get as few of those as you can South Carolina played eight already. Texas Tech, who's right behind Clemson, two spots, has played nine quad four games. Like, that's good. that is going to haunt you. You know, you, you, you can't lose them, but you can't play a ton of quad four games and get into the NCAA tournament, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. You can't really control some of the quad ones. Like, you just don't know what a team is ranked when you play them and so much your league, if it's up or down or whatever, but... I think you you could control some of your quad fours in terms of who you played in the in the non-con. And Clemson's ability, I think, to schedule a very difficult non-con and win a lot of those games was when all but one of those games was in, is going to be instrumental when all this is said and done when it comes down to it. So we'll talk more college basketball throughout the week. We're going to line some guests up for you to talk about Duke and Clemson as we get closer to that game. But too early to talk brackets. You're not Too really early brackets. to talk brackets for me. <laughs> for me personally. I mean, what, what if I told you Clemson's solidly in right now, though? Oh, I mean, I'd like to hear it. I just, it, uh, to me, it's nothing to do with Clemson in the tournament. It's just we have so much more basketball to play. Of course, Palm had a throwaway line in there, too, in his bracketology. Of course he did. About Clemson, you know, as of now, Clemson's a good a good ACC team. Nice. As of now. <laughs> this is why I don't get involved with the bracketology in January. Fair enough, but there's, what, Clemson's played, was it seven ACC games? 13 more to go? 
Out of Bounds up next. Take care. We'll talk to you tomorrow. WCCP-FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville-Anderson, WAHT 